Welcome to the Seeking Hope podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Pinamaki. Today we're going to review what is the worst thing that you ever heard someone say, or what is the worst thing someone said to you when you're in the middle of a crisis. This seems to be the biggest point when I'm working and teaching in a class. So this is what happens. When I'm teaching uh, a class through Seeking Hope, whether it be a two-day seminar, whether I'm teaching actually a chaplain course, um, those are a week long, but or I'm doing a small two-hour crash course in, in crisis intervention, I use a PowerPoint presentation. And so it keeps me on track, keeps us in the timing and whatnot. But one of the slides always seems to get oh, the most reaction where a lot of the slides are talking about, you know, what we can do, what uh, we shouldn't do. Here's some, what does ministry mean? What is the calling on our life? Um, What has God asked us to do? What does the world say to do? You know, those kinds of things. But the one slide that has the most response back from those that are participating or after a class, they want to come up and talk to me about. And that is the slide what not to say. And I generally post up there and I put like the top 10 that I hear most often from people, but I keep get, I could have a list that's a hundred long of the things that come across people that they're trying to say to provide comfort to someone in a crisis or a situation, whether it was a lost job or a child's, you know, sick in the hospital or someone has died or whatever it you know, there's a divorce, whatever it happens to be, the most amazing things come out of people's mouths. And it's not, they're trying to be mean. They're not trying to be confrontational, but we so desperately as people want to say something. Oh, please, I've got to say something, something inspiring, something to give them hope, to give an idea that it's, it's going to be okay. Well, one, it's not going to be okay. Um, right now may not be the time to try and give some inspirational hope. Um, They may just need to be sad. They need to be angry. They need to be frustrated, asking questions. You know, there's a whole, you know, model about, you know, what we're going through. But getting back to what not to say. And I will, you'll be able to find more podcasts about some of these because some of them take some real time to go over. And why do things we say are hurtful. We don't even realize it because we're not coming from that perspective. We're not trying to be hurtful. But one of the things that uh, I hear say uh, people say to one another, or I want to say it out loud, right? I want, I want to, I want to use the words. I understand. And in certain situations, I could potentially understand, but it's my understanding and not their understanding. And so the words I understand or I understand how you feel. Yeah, no, you don't. Because every crisis is unique. I like to refer to the fingerprint. No two fingerprints are alike. No two crises are alike. You could have a spouse that died and be surrounded in a support group, which are wonderful, by the way. But everybody's crisis and how they lost their spouse or how they lost their partner or whatever it happens to be that they've, Theirs is unique. There's a different set of circumstances. The relationships were different. Everything is different. 
And we can't assume that what they're experiencing with their loss is different or that's the same rather than what I experienced in my loss. And it's not fair to say, I understand how you feel because you don't. And once we can agree on that, it's like, well, okay, but how do I then comfort somebody? What do I say? But you know, concentrating on, on what I understand how you feel. No, you don't. But even now, after you know seven years of, of doing this type of work, I'll even catch myself. I understand, and it starts to come out, and I know I shouldn't say it the minute it starts to come out of my mouth. And so I came up with this mechanism because... In the process of being overwhelmed, and, and I may be overwhelmed. You are overwhelmed in walking alongside somebody. One, it could be a very horrific, horrible situation. It could be a murder. And you are already overwhelmed, yet you're called. They may have called you, or you know you need to go, or whatever the situation. But you walk alongside that person, whether you know them or not, and you go, oh my gosh, this is horrible. And so you want to say, I understand. I'm I'm horrified too. But when as soon as we those words start to come out of our mouth, it immediately is offensive. Because you can't know my pain. You can't begin to know what's going on in my head, in my body, in my heart, in my soul, my being of where I'm at. You can't begin to understand is what the person's thinking. I experienced this firsthand. Well, at the loss of my sister, which was a very horrific situation, who go, oh, I understand. And I'm like, well, I'm just, okay, yep, mm-hmm. And it's like, really, seriously? It goes along with the, the saying that we've talked about previously and, and is the are you okay thing and why we don't ever want to say that. And the same thing is, is I understand. You don't understand how I feel. You can't. You don't know the relationship. And even within my family, um, my feelings were very different from my other sister's feelings, different from my mom's feelings, from my dad's feelings, from my brother's feelings, from the neighbors, you know, the coworkers, all of those things. Everybody has got a different perspective. And we don't know how each other feels, even though we're caught in the very same situation. So to even begin to say, I understand, is painful. I have seen families go, well, I understand, you know, it was my, and it's like, no, you don't understand. And actual arguments, almost sophisticated, you know, blows are going out um, within family members trying to get them to get, well, it's, it, it's happening to me too. It's like, oh, yeah, but you had this and you just had an argument with that person or, you know, a husband and wife, uh, um, have a, a husband loses his job and the wife's like, oh, well, I understand. I'm, you know, I don't have, now we don't have any income. It's like, what? Her perspective from this job loss is totally different from his perspective. It was his job. He just got let's, uh, fired. And she's now going, oh my gosh, we don't have any income. I understand. We're, we're both scared we don't have any income. There's a whole lot of more stuff going on that we have to take into consideration. So using the words, I understand how you feel. I understand what you're going through. That's another phrase. You know, you just put, I understand fill in the blank. Any of those things we've got to avoid. We have got to stay away from them. It is painful. It's hurtful. It makes people um, angry. And, you know, there are still relationships to this day that were destroyed 
because people use the words, I understand. Or you have no idea what I'm going through. Well, you're right, I dump. And then they have this conversation that goes back and forth and it just turns out ugly. So we want to stay away from the words, I understand, fill in the blank. Now, what do we say instead? We just, you know, we stay away from that and continue to ask them how they're doing. But the real issue is it's going to come out of our mouth. And like I said, I, I make mistakes and, and still to this day, particularly when you're in an overwhelmed setting or it's something similar. Now, I have gone as a crisis responder, right, to murder scenes. And that's really hard for me because the ramifications of what's going on, I get the borderline, you know, the, the framework that, of what this is. But once you step into the frame of the picture, right? So you've got the frame, but the picture rests inside of that frame. I understand the frame. It's a murder. It's horrific. There's, you know, all kinds of things. There's law enforcement all over this stuff. There's first responders. There's, there's a lot of stuff. I get the frame. But for me to begin to say, I understand the picture that's inside there when it's not my picture is hurtful. It's disrespectful. It just is going to get me into trouble. So it's very hard not to say the words. It's very similar to saying, you know, are you okay? And the I'm sorry versus the I'm so sorry. And you know, what do we try to do? What can we say to get around this, Shelley? How do we get around this? So one of the things that I've come up with and that has been super successful um, because the person that is in crisis has a very short memory span. If you start to offend them and it starts to go down that road, they're going to hold on to that. The real reason behind holding on to that anger is that they now have an emotion that they can understand, place some blame on, and get wrapped around. Because when someone is in the middle of a crisis, it's they're in shock. It's not understandable. It's all of their mind. Why? And trying to cope and pull things together on how do I do this? How do I reconcile this to where I'm currently at at this moment? You know, I've I lost a job that I'd had for the last 20 years and all of a sudden it's poof, it's gone. We don't need you anymore. How do you reconcile when your life, the last 20 years, has you've gotten up Monday through Friday every single day and you've spent you know, 10 hours, right? Because we have travel time and lunch and travel back home. You know, all that time. And now all of a sudden, nope, don't need you more. You're done. To try and reconcile that and, and to get some, you know, understanding in your brain. And you just, you're angry and you're sad. And then if there's guilt involved of, oh my gosh, I have a family I'm supposed to be caring for. And there's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. And you just go into the shock phase that you don't know how to respond. And you don't know what to do. And that's normal. That's normal behavior for the situation they find themselves in. So when you go, I understand I lost a job too. It's like, no, you didn't have kids. You didn't have, I mean, they can go. But what happens is that that person, when you start to say, I understand, they get angry. They know how to deal with the angry. And then they can direct it at the person that said it or you that said that. That they know what to do with. They can be angry. They can pick a fight. And they can channel some of all of that pent up um, feelings that are going on inside them, they can at least channel it in some direction, even if it's for a short period of time. But what happens is if the person on the other end who started the I'm, I understand wants to then argue back with them. Well, I mean, I 
I lost a job too. And I was on that job for a long time. And then they start having this argument back and forth because they're trying to justify and it, it just, and then you create this long-term argument in frustration level. And a lot of times those relationships are severed forever. You may burn the bridge. You may be able to kind of rebuild the bridge, but the bridge is never going to be the same again because we've now had this emotional outburst. And because that person who is in the middle of the crisis has been offended or has been given the fuel to channel all of their frustrations, their mind, their body, all of the things into this argument, which gives them actually a little bit of peace and some comfort because it's familiar. I know how to go off and fight a battle. I know how to go off and have an argument. I can go and do that. And at least it allows some of that stress that they're under to have an escape route. Was it healthy? Is it right? No, but it's just what happens. So the real thing is, is not to come up, you know, we want to just not, we want to eliminate, I understand, out of the whole vocabulary. But if you're like 99% of the people, it's going to come out at some way, shape or form. So how do we stop ourselves? And so my uh, stop, my stop gap and what I, I use constantly, because every once in a while, you're kind of saying the same thing over again and you feel like, oh, I need to say something. And had I listened to God in the middle of that, you know, he gave me two ears and one mouth and I should use them accordingly. But sometimes I'm still wanting to do something because I'm a doer, right? We go into this process and I go, well, I understand. And I, I know as soon as I get the I under you know, as soon as it starts coming out of my mouth, I know I'm messed up. But how do you suck it back in? You can't take the toothpaste back into the tube. Well, you can't ever take the words back. So what do we do instead? This is what um, I've been using and I've been teaching now for quite some time is own it. I understand I have no clue what you're going through. So go ahead and finish out the words, I understand, because they're already out there. They already know what you're trying to say. They already know what's coming, and they're getting ready to, to start the battle. And I just follow it right up with it. I have no clue what you're going through at this time. I understand this must be the most horrific thing that's happened in your life, and I just can't imagine what you're going through right now. Yay, we just saved it, right? And... It, it works. I, it's been the most amazing thing. Um, I, I give Holy Spirit the total credit for this because I was in the middle of a really horrific crisis intervention. And it just, it was just so horrific that, you know, I was touched by what was going on. It was a child's death and I have no clue. I have never had a child die. How can I possibly can and understand? And it started to come out and this mom's head whipped up and looked at me and I knew that I was in trouble. And I, it's not what I wanted to say. I had tried to strip it from my vocabulary, but what do you do? And I just said, I understand. I have no clue where you're coming from and where you're at and having to sit in that seat. I'm going to walk alongside you here and I'm going to be here. And I may stumble because I don't have a clue what you're going through right now. This has got to be the most horrific worst day of your life. And Lo and behold, she looked at me. She had tears running down her face. She leaned over into me and hugged me and said, oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. But it started out as a real big mess up. But because I could follow it up 
with what my heart and the Holy Spirit, because I'm always praying inside, going, oh, Lord, give me these words. Whatever it is, Lord, take away. Take everything there and use. I'm just a tool. Use my body. Use my voice. Use the breath in me to give comfort and provide support. And praise God. He showed up in such a big way and just immediately gave me those words after I said, I understand I have no clue how you are doing and what you're going through. And I just kind of stumbled through some more words. And when you stumble through those next set of words, it was this relief that came over this woman. And it was probably the best thing I said the whole six hours I was there with that person. It was like, really? And she just, you know, even later on, hours later, she understood me. She, you know, this this woman here at Christ, referring to me, she she gets it and she's telling her friends going no she gets it she 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 can talk with us she can come over here and and I got introduced and and pulled into conversations at one point I you know stepped away to give them some space and let them do their own healing because that's what we're there trying to do is to help facilitate healing and giving them some resources to find another direction where they might be able to um, find some support and so I kind of stepped back and at one point this woman got up the couch and she walked around the edge of the couch and came over to me and and grabbed my hand and pulled me into this very intimate conversation with herself and her mother so it's the grandmother of the the child they just lost and her best friend and um the husbands were kind of congregating close by and she pulls me next to her which means her best friend had to move over and I'm like, going, no, 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 no. And she goes, no, 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 come here, come here. And she's got a hold of me and we sit down and, you know, kind of wraps her arm around my, my hand and my arm and she's got it on her lap and she's going, this person, oh my gosh, you know, Shelly here is just, she gets it, she gets it. And they're looking at me going, what do you get? What do you get? And I'm like going, and, and, I, and I knew at that point I just needed to repeat what I said before I said, that I have no clue and I have no understanding of what you all are going through. This is the most horrific day of your life. And I am so sorry. I don't know how you're going to get through this, but I know that the support and the love that you're showing to each other right now is going to carry you through. But know that people don't understand and they're not going to get it and they want to, but they're just not. And, you know, and then I, and then I educate them. I educate those that are in the middle of this going, people are going to say, I understand what you're going through. I lost this or, and I go, and just, you know, be aware that that's going to happen. And that's not really what they mean. They're not trying to be hurtful, but they're wanting to say something. And so they're going to say the wrong things and it's going to be hurtful and just try and give a little bit of grace and back up. And when, when you do that, it's, they go, okay, okay. And so when the next person's going, oh, I know, I lost my, you know, my dog too, which is the most amazing thing I heard in that situation. And they just, they looked at that person and kind of shook their head and they looked at me and I just kind of interjected myself going, yeah, them losing their child is the worst possible thing that could ever happen. They're going, oh yes, yes, no, this is, this is so bad. This is so bad. So you just kind of help direct those conversations. But if we can get rid of, I understand. And if it comes out, you just acknowledge, I understand, I have no clue, that I have no idea what you're going through, that I can't believe this is happening, and it's just beyond my understanding. So, you know, repeat the word in a different way so that they get the idea that this is so overwhelming, even for you to grasp the depth of their pain. 
And it will be the most remarkable turnaround, the most remarkable recovery, and an enormous amount of healing can take place in that process. Then educate them that they may hear this in the next you know, days and weeks to come from strangers and from people that are trying to offer support that that's not really what they're trying to do um, by using the I understand statement, but that way they can get a little grace and it prepares them and gives them an idea that uh, this is gonna come again and it's painful, but just kind of go, yeah, no. Thank you very much and um, help them give them that power to resiliency that this might happen and, and they can deal with it as they're moving forward. I hope that helps. I know it has helped me a great deal in dealing with the inadvertent words that squirt out of the mouth before we can suck them back in. The I understand that I have no clue of what's going on. Try it. I think you'll be very happy and blessed by it. 